Hello, everybody. This is Brian, and we do have a video version of this week's episode available on our Patreon, patreon.com slash late night. This is the first episode we've been able to do in person in like over a year. So if you want to see me and Layton and our amazing guest, Mr. Aaron Hansen, please come over to that Patreon, which again is patreon.com slash late night and support us at any tier. Enjoy the show. I yeah. would put your phone not on the table. Oh, because it'll bet that at the Yeah, exactly. Which also, in the spirit of true professionalism, took us about three months to figure out that it was doing that. Luckily, actually, <laughs> we recorded six episodes and then had to go remote. Yeah. So this little oh. thing called the pandemic happened, and then we did not have to deal with our own technical incompetence yeah. except for make it the internet's fault. The show became the da 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> when we went online. How many remote guest grumps did you do? If any. Just one, I think. I mean, we did like super mega online, but I feel like that's just like friends. Yeah. It's not like people who are outside of the court. Who's more of an insider than those guys? Yeah, exactly. And even then it went terribly. Like <laughs> everything broke. It's just how it goes. Well, for us, because this is audio and we have to worry about it, like game capture or whatever, mm-hmm. moving this online was like the best thing that could have happened to us. Oh. Because we went from thinking everyone we get has to come here to figuring out how to do it remotely. Yeah. And suddenly we got people from all over the world to call in and be on the show, and we were completely set up for it. Amazing. Yeah. So they had to fly to L.A. to go to a remote location? That's right. Yeah. We purchased a hotel. Amazing. Yeah. It was yeah. very exciting. <laughs> the city is really up our ass on this one. Like, we really got to deal with the zoning. You have to pay to film here every time you film. <laughs> That's right. I charge uh, Layton a location fee. <laughs> You can talk to Rachel about it uh, on the way. Usually we'll comp our guests, but not if we think they're rich. <laughs> yeah, that's why Audrey keeps not having to pay it. Yeah. So do I owe something? Or? We'll see. We'll see how this episode goes. Once you open up your wallet, how many credit cards you well, got? Well, submit your tax records as yeah. usual. You got that Amex black? Because if you do, yeah. oh. we're charging you. What? Yeah. Ooh. What is, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Let's talk big money on late night. Every, everyone loves hearing about how much money everyone makes yeah. specifically. Oh, it's the best. Have you ever looked up your net worth? Yes, I have. It's hilarious. I, I haven't looked up you. I've looked up me. And it was, I think, off by a factor of like 10 or something. Yeah. It's either insultingly low or like <laughs> disturbingly, upsettingly high where you're yeah. like, oh, uh, I wish. Yeah. I was a professor for 10 years, where would I have made that money? Yeah. The last I checked, and this was like two years ago, it said 3 million. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) oh, (laughs) no, I know. If my net worth was 3 million, I wouldn't be doing game grabs anymore. (laughs) I think mine said two recently. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) hell yeah, baby. Dude, let me see it. Rolling with the big money. When you get that kind of money, you can afford to have your own neon sign made. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Yeah. And then just go to your bank and be like, see, the internet's dead. And yeah, worth three million dollars. So you guys right. should be nicer to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wiki Feet Men says my net foot worth is yeah. two million toes. <laughs> Are you a juggler? <laughs> well, I don't like to brag. It was always like, oh, you're saxophone player, Wild. I like that was sort of like a surprise. Yeah, but I can't remember if I knew that you were a juggler or not. Well, let me put it this way. Yes. Hell yeah. I used to be really into juggling. There's a significant nerd overlap with the juggling community, like math nerd 
overlap with the juggling community. It doesn't surprise me. Right, because it's all about permutations. Sure. There's a journal or people write articles about mathematics of juggling. Okay. And so I was really into juggling <laughs> and a math. a world I had no idea about. Someday you should visit Lobby 10 on a weekday at MIT because the <laughs> juggling, <laughs> juggling club meets there. <laughs> That was the first place they shut down during quarantine because <laughs> there was what? way too many people there. Probably was. And they're uh, all having so much sex. Like, unreal. Yeah. They well, really had to shut that jugglers down. Jugglers fuck. That's what our, our bumper <laughs> stickers say. So I was really into it in, like, high school. I could never juggle five of anything. Oh, man. But I could do four balls and three clubs. Actually, I could do four clubs briefly. Yeah. And then I completely fell out of practice. And then for, I think... My birthday last year or something, Rachel got me clubs because I haven't had clubs. I used to carry them all over the place. Wow. Sorry, yeah. did you have a holster? Did you do like quick draw? Like, yeah, of course. Going. And so, because people can't see this, but are you about to juggle for us right now? I'm not going to do There's a neon sign right there. Yeah, but these are like, what are these? Like three? Oh, they're pretty heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for listeners at home they're, and also wow. people who can't see the rest of our quote unquote set, it's substantial, right? There yeah, it's got some weight. Like command. Yeah wall mounts for these juggling whatever the fucks. Yeah, that's what I was so intrigued by, was that there are three clubs, and each one has its own wall mount. Rachel got those for me. As if they were were like fun little katanas. Yeah. But katanas that make nobody want to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) When the racks come out in the Matrix, it's just all... Juggler tools. This is tremendously dismissive of the juggling community at large, which you say what with are a they smirk on your face. What are they going to do? Throw a ball at me? Well, so I have here, I have some balls <laughs> yeah, over here. Yeah. They never let go of the ball. They're always in that little oh, zone. Boy. As long as I stay outside of their juggling zone, what's going to happen? <laughs> they have chainsaws and I, I don't, I don't trust that they'll come after me with it. They needed to juggle. Can you do like the one hand juggle? I can do not with three, but I can do. You can juggle two balls in one hand. Wow. Look at that. This is a late night first. Right. That's incredible. Have you ever talked about your juggling on late night? No, I don't think I have. I was trying to keep it under wraps until you blew it <laughs> wide open. That's a, that's how I always imagine like whenever I learn something new, I'm like, oh, I'm going to learn an instrument. But it's like, I'm not going to tell anybody because one day I'm just going to bust, bust it out. Bust it out, yeah. It, it never happens. No. <laughs> I never get good enough to do anything except for contact juggling. Can I mean, you do that? I can just do like two moves. What yeah. is contact juggling? It's oh. the David Bowie thing in, in Labyrinth. Labyrinth. It's when you roll the ball like along oh, your hands and it looks yeah. seamless. Yeah. Yeah, 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 You can really do that pretty well. Yeah. I didn't know that. It's difficult to get the just the first. But once you do the first one, then everything else is I'm going to guess that you learned that when you were a kid. Yeah. Like I used to wear bracelets, like candy bracelets and stuff and like neon bracelets. And I learned to do that while I was in that phase. So it was counterintuitive because I never took the bracelets off. Mm-hmm. But like you need to take the bracelets off to do contact juggling. So I just didn't get very far because of that. (laughs) It's about the aesthetic, man. Yeah, I was like, I want to wear my bracelets more than I want to learn to contact juggle. So I'm just going to stop right here. Yeah. It looks better with like a crystal ball. but Well, what the hey? That's awesome. Yeah. When it's like a crystal clear ball, you don't see it spin. So it looks like it's just floating. When we go inside, if you do that for Audrey, she (laughs) probably won't even recognize this. That's (laughs) it's impressive. And just be like, what? Uh huh. I yeah. do. I do love that she did not remember you. That was awesome, <laughs> and I truly wasn't offended because she was very young. The last she time doesn't I saw remember her anyone. I I can't use real names because it's twerp. But for about two years, she couldn't remember Lord Phobos's real name. <laughs> I would just call him by a random dude name whenever she saw him. And she's like, all right, fine. Yeah, yeah, that's what his name is. Context for people listening: Brian and Rachel had to do an errand, so I babysat. 
Audrey while she played a bunch of video games, and it was the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. I walked in on this situation. She was playing Stardew Valley, (laughs) and I was thinking, like, I'm walking in on a kid playing a video game. They must be stoked about this video game. (laughs) And, like, everything that came out of her mouth was the most, like, I don't even like this game. Did you really? I I don't know what I'm doing. And I was like, yeah, well, who's your favorite villager? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. I I haven't met them all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, so she was playing Mario 64 and Mario Galaxy, maybe? Definitely Galaxy. I definitely spent a lot of time playing up my me not knowing anything. I I was like, yeah, Audrey, you know, I played a lot of the Mario games when I was a kid. And she was like, all right, so this is Mario. (laughs) (laughs) This is Mario. You'll never believe what he has to do. And I was like, well, he's a plumber. Why has he got to do all this stuff if he's a plumber? And she was like, no, no, no. See, here's the thing. Because... (laughs) (laughs) Listen, there's a certain suspension of disbelief you have to provide yourself here. She has been obsessed with the Super Mario Brothers Super Show from the late 80s starring Captain Lou Albano because it's all on Netflix. That's awesome. Yes, and so she has watched all of them, which feature like Cindy Lauper's on it, uh, Shabba Doo, who's a breakdancer, like all these 80s celebs. What that means is that most of her knowledge of the Mario universe is the shitty cartoons they showed during that show yeah. where, you know, they don't say Bowser. They only say King Koopa, King Koopa right? Yeah. That kind of thing. Yoshi talks like this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the other day she was talking about Brooklyn. And I was like, how do you know about Brooklyn? And she said, oh, well, Mario's from there. Yeah, Mario's from Brooklyn, obviously. Because yeah, they talk about that a lot on the show. I was allowing her to explain various Mario things to me. And she was like, yeah. And then you can also play as Princess Peach. And it's cool because she can fly. But like, she never really does anything for herself, which is annoying. But (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Feminist icon. You know what? She's fucking one to talk because (laughs) she plays princesses with Rachel all the time. And what the way she plays this is she wants Rachel to be Bowser. And she wants herself to be helpless somewhere. So she wants Rachel to capture her and just leave her somewhere. And then she orders Bowser around (laughs) for a while. She's not being a very generous scene partner. No, and she's always Peach. And so she, I can't believe she actually said, oh, Peach can't do anything for herself. When she, by choice, makes sure Peach can never do anything for herself (laughs) Well, you just said she puts herself in a situation where she starts bossing around Bowser, though. She's like- Yeah, she has co-opted this position of power. This is uh, reclaiming. This is- Forcing your parents to do all the fucking work. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And then she switched to Stardew and- (laughs) I don't want to backseat a child while they're gaming. I've you should hundreds of hours into Stardew. And she was like, all right, cool. I need to get this for the community center. And I'm like, oh, you can plant some more because it's raining. And she's like, no. Oh. <laughs> and then gets into bed at 10 a.m. At 10 a.m. You know what? I never put myself in the eyes or the brain of a viewer watching like grumps or any kind yeah. of thing until I had a kid. <laughs> And I had to watch her play video games and the entire time thinking, why are you fucking doing it? Like, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, now I get why people get upset because this is the most infuriating thing I've ever seen. It's, yeah, it's it's very frustrating (laughs) when you know how someone should be doing something. There's no way I'm going to get 300 pieces of wood to get over that bridge. I don't have an axe that's good enough for the tree. Well, Audrey, you know, you can cut down the tree with the axe if you just do it a bunch, but it uses some of your energy. Okay, I'll do one tree a day. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's- (laughs) And then I'll go to sleep so I don't use my energy. And I made like a joke. I was like, oh, I mean, I guess I get into bed at 1 p.m. too. And then she threw that back at me like a couple of minutes later. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, you're going to bed again? And she was like, uh, didn't you just say you do that? <laughs> yeah, do. she's very good at holding on to shit and then throwing it back in your face. It's what they do. The other mode. thing that really, so Leighton and Commander Meowch mm-hmm. got me a Lego space shuttle for my yes, birthday. Yeah. 
and Audrey and I put it together. And if you think watching a six-year-old play video games is frustrating, try watching a six-year-old put together a very complicated Lego set. <laughs> well, doesn't it say like age 13 and up or something? Indeed it does, but I'm there the whole time. You know, I did most of it. Sure. Not to brag. But just like the whole time, she's just like not double checking and just kind of slapping stuff together and then mm-hmm. moving, skipping steps. Oh, yeah. Having fun as a child. <laughs> she was playing with Lego. Oh, yeah. Which was ridiculous. ridiculous. It was fucking Ridiculous stupid. considering that her bedroom, the real estate, is almost exclusively Tupperware containers full of Legos. The most Legos I've ever seen in my life. I grew up in a world where... Lego was just a thing that you put together stuff. The instruction manual thing is like, was so new to me. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. I remember having Lego that were exclusively the thick ones, mm-hmm. right? Like you yeah. didn't have like the little teeny thin, maybe a couple, but it was all the thick ones and you just do whatever. Yeah, you just build a house that has like multi-colors and call yes. it a day. And it yeah. wasn't, honestly, until we moved here six years ago that I ever did a Lego set, which was like, here's your 400 page manual, fucking do mm-hmm. it right. Yeah. Which is online. So if you just had a stack of Legos, you could make your own. Yeah. I would make a big fat tower and I had like one Lego dinosaur and then I'd shove the dinosaur into the tower and be like, done, did it. Yeah. I'm an architect. Yeah. I always made cars because I, I just had yes. these two axles. Always. So I'd always make these shitty little cars. Put the little people in them, run them down ramps and stuff. Oh, well. That's just, mm. you, yeah. You're advanced all of a sudden. Cardboard ramps. So also it's your daughter's birthday this week. Yes. And I'm oh. looking for a Polly Pocket for her that is horse-related. Oh, thank you. And what happened to Polly Pocket? They're fucked up now. I don't even really know what a Polly Pocket is. It's a Polly Pocket. The original concept is you have like a little plastic purse. You open it up, but it's a house. It's a compact. Yeah, it's a compact. That's why it's Polly Pocket, because it's a little lady who lives in your pocket. Hmm. But like they got more and more elaborate where it's like, here's a big like mall and you open it up. But like... Do they still have the little, like, rubber clothes? Because that was the best part of Polly Pockets. I thought they were too small to have. Well, so that was, like, the first original wave of Polly Pockets. I mean, they've gone through a ton of permutations, but, like, in the mid-2000s, they were a very specific way where all of them had these, like, chewy rubber clothes that kids loved to chew on. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they were really nasty, and they picked up dog hair, and I loved them to death. Oh, that kind of rubber. Yeah, Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I could text Rachel. She would know. Listen, I know that you're on the forefront of Polly Pocket news. <laughs> I don't know if this oh, is... Oh, hold on. Shh, shh, shh. Polly Pocket. Everyone be quiet while I'm doing this. Still have rubber clothes. That sounds like a terrible riddle. <laughs> Delivered. Answer me these riddles three. Does Polly Pocket still have clothing? I tried to do a thing yesterday where I changed Rachel's name on my phone to your mom because I wanted to post a screenshot of your mom calling and use it for NSP socials, except it was too smart. And then when she called, or I really called myself from her phone, it said, your mom or Rachel wecked. (laughs) (laughs) I had a weird experience with that kind of thing. I was going through TSA and to catch a flight, and I left my phone there, apparently. Like at the security? Yeah, and I had just like gone off, and I like went to the terminal, and then all of a sudden it was like, Aaron Hansen, please come to the TSA. Your fondest wish. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, what the, what? I was terrified. Yeah. <laughs> but then I got there, and they were like, hey, we got your phone. And I was like, how'd you know it was my phone? And then they were like, watch. And they put Siri on, and they were like, whose phone is this? And then it was like, this is Aaron Hansen's phone. Really? Yeah, and I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? So apparently that's a thing you can do. Hey, Siri. Whose phone is this? I believe this iPhone belongs to Brian. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Right? This was for a long time. If you linked an app to Siri, 
none of those apps had any security. So you could just grab someone's locked phone and be like, Siri, tweet, uh, I'm a butthead, and then it would do it. <laughs> just making sure that didn't yeah, Brian practically <laughs> checked his phone. Yeah. How did they not catch that? No, yeah, I wasn't right away. I was on that Dance Showdown show. It was like a reality show. Dance On? Dance Showdown. Dance On was the name of the channel. Oh, I see. There was a guy, I won't name any names, but he was a real prankster. George Clooney. He did that to one of the dancers, and she was very upset by it. Oh, I'd be furious. Yeah. It wasn't like innocuous. It wasn't like, oh, you're the, the, I have a poopy butt or whatever. <laughs> it was like something really mean. And it was like, oh, pranks suck. Mm-hmm. If you're a prankster, you can go fuck yourself. Oh. Like they're never funny. Brian, that's a spicy thing to have you on record saying. I specifically. <laughs> no, no. So I, true. I don't prank people. I just bother them. them. <laughs> I maintain there is a difference. Yeah. I would never do like a cruel prank. But I, you will bother somebody and make them not like you by being a dick. Yes, but those are different. <laughs> fair enough I agree with that for years actually I was in Danny's phone as Dave Mustaine because <laughs> we, it was a bit for uh, an NSP video that didn't end up getting used in the video and it was like oh look it's Dave Mustaine calling me and so he switched me to Dave Mustaine so we could film this bit and they just never took it off so every time I'd call him I don't think it's the case anymore but I think for upwards of four years every time I would call him he'd pick up and be like hello Dave Mustaine <laughs> Yeah. Uh, rules. I got a weird thing about like organizational stuff, like in files or in phones and stuff. On my phone, my mom is her name's Moret. I put like Moret Hansen. This is my mom's name. I'm going to put a real name in there because, like, you know, in the information thing, it's like first name, last name, where they live, what's their address. And I'm like, okay, well, I want to fill all that out and just be cool. But <laughs> I heard if something happens to you and then like the police have to like unlock your phone or something, they're going to be like, well, who's your next of key? You have no idea who to contact. Because who are these names, right? So you should put them in as mom and dad and stuff like that. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. So yeah, if somebody needs to know like who your relationship, brother, you know. Hmm. That makes a lot of sense, actually. And I guess it's a little bit more secure, too. That way people, if someone gets your phone and gets in, they won't know the name of the person. Yeah, they can only just get a direct line to talking to them. I signed up for like an identity monitoring kind of oh, service. Sure, yeah. And I was just looking at it yesterday. It told me I had dark web alerts. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? That's like, some like, I have video of you masturbating. I know. <laughs> yes. Like I was like, what dark web alert? So a couple things about this is I've had this service for, I don't know, three or four years. Did now they ask you for like a six month subscription service after they told you that? They've had me on the hook for years, but- <laughs> They upgraded their like dashboard mm-hmm. and I was looking through my alerts and it said it was legitimately like 10 different dark web alerts and they were dating back years. Okay. And I've never seen these before. So what were they? They were like username and password leaks, all from a bunch of sites that I never use oh, anymore. Every service gets hacked like every day. Well, exactly. It's, it's cooler so, that it's like, uh, you got some dark web alerts, bro. You're gonna have to open up your Tor. Get the yeah. yeah. Every one of those like password aggregates has like a master password, and they have yes. all, uh, all of them. They're scouring the internet constantly for like leaks. Yeah. So they always give you a notification. Oh, you're you're fucking Wells Fargo account you know yeah, exactly, probably vulnerable. Exactly. there's like 60 every time every i open day. up I'm, yep. I'm just like new alert for your bank and it's like i know i know it happens well if it day. had said like your info got leaked or whatever that's fine but it specifically said dark web and i was <laughs> like what the shit so has either of you ever 
been on the dark web? I still have no idea what it is, what that means. I mean, I know what news groups are. That was like proto-internet. Yeah. It still exists. So if you want to pirate anything, you go on news groups. Yeah. Please explain the dark web, Brian. I'm desperate to hear you explain in your well, own words what the dark web is. It's like the internet with the lights off. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's the name of this episode? <laughs> as, I, as I understand <laughs> it, the lights it's you need like Tor or some other browser, but Very Tor good. is the standard. Yeah. And you can't like search. You just need to type in the site you're going to, and then all sorts of shit can happen. People do all sorts of illegal stuff. What else? Do they, what do they sense. do on the dark web? They sell drugs, mm-hmm. uh, illegal drugs. Oh, they also sell Tylenol. That's a side hustle. There. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Tylenol. Tylenol. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you're getting your cocaine and your heroin and you're checking out, there's just like you know little impulse purchases. Yeah. Get some Tylenol. <laughs> Get some Midol. You know. That's actually. Yeah. I'm sure they upsell you. You got to diversify uh, the stock. I mean, like you can't have all your fucking black tar and kill Hunter S. Thompson acid sheets. Oh. Yeah, it's like a movie theater. They make their money on the candy. <laughs> What else do they do on the dark web? There's probably child pornography, I believe, um, which I'm not saying from any personal experience, and I do want to emphasize that. Uh, anyway, so my six dark web alerts. <laughs> now, I could be wrong about this. I believe you might be able to sell some babies. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, if there's child pornography, just one step up to buy children. Yeah. And that's an exhaustive list of what mm-hmm. happens on the dark web, as far as I know. Have you ever been on the dark web? That's a yes. The fact that you waited this long to answer is a yes. I was debating whether to dig further into the child pornography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great hole to dig in in 2021. Yeah, you can order a hit oh, on wow, the dark right. web. Just to make sure we don't cause any alarms, I'm gonna have Jarek edit out the P in pornography, so it sounds like we're saying child pornography, and that way no one will be upset. What's pornography? It's the same thing as pornography. It's a, it's a <laughs> silent P. P. Yeah, it's like pterodactyl. The P is silent. Yeah, it's a soft pornography. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, yes, you can get someone killed. I would assume so. I don't know if that's true or not. I think you could probably get somebody killed if you really want to. What would be more lucrative? Like, what's the Tylenol to getting people getting killed? What do you get them on the way out? Like, you don't want to do a full hit. A hit piece. You could get someone to, like, key their car or something. Like, shit like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds plausible. Put, like, a poopy bag in their... A flaming bag of dog shit. This is better than a hit. This is the ultimate thing that you can do to somebody if you hate them. You just shit in their life. You find a way to get into their house and you just shit all over everything. What are they going to do? Like, they have to clean it up, but it never goes away. There's always shit places. But they can DNA your shit, right? (laughs) Not if you're on the dark web. (laughs) Order somebody else's shit. You wouldn't use your own shit. No, that's a a rookie mistake. But it's, it's also if they have a cat, you can really start and start escalating where every day you go into the litter box and you just like slowly make them larger. I, Until eventually they're just that's very, they take full up the size, whole thing. dude. Yeah. I, I've heard that the ultimate dick move in that regard is if you can get into somebody's house and you can get some like alone time where they're not messing around, you cut a hole in their wall and then you put like a huge piece of raw meat in there and then you seal up the wall. <laughs> Jesus. Yes. Yeah. There's nothing for like a month and then suddenly there's just a rancid smell and they're like, what is that? And they cannot find it wow. for months and months. And they're like, what is this fucking smell? <laughs> I remember something like when I was in eighth grade, I was upset. They had these books which were called like Revenge and it was some guy, and I think the pseudonym of the author was George Hayduke, who would write these books about, like, alphabetically indexed about ways to get even with people. And, <laughs> you know, me, a nerdy, very bullied, 
like kid. I would just read these books on, on the <laughs> now bus. I'll show them. I'd read them on the bus to school as the older kids were like making fun of me from the back. Yeah. Of course, I never did. They were all like super illegal shit. You're just giving them ideas. Well, yeah, like. Actually, you know what? I'm glad they didn't steal a book from me because I would have been a real cell phone. But the one that reminded me of what you said, like the specific advice was you get a piece of abalone, you know, which is a shellfish, yeah. and <laughs> you hide it on somebody's radiator. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. There's yeah. one that I've always thought about that I've never seen anybody do is if you just dump a bunch of micro, like, skin-fine glitter into somebody's dryer. Oh, and like, that's bad. Hide it. Make sure they do their big fat load of clothing, and then you got glitter on your Slurry. clothes forever, motherfucker. Well, <laughs> speaking as the parent of a six-year-old, that basically happens to me every <laughs> yeah. day, anyway. And yes, it completely sucks. The amount of glitter explosions we've had in this house are just—I fucking hate glitter. I hate it so much. Susie has a very dastardly one that I like a lot. It's you just put black paint in someone's wiper fluid on their car. <laughs> So, <laughs> that's a very good one. A small yeah. dollop of mayo in somebody's conditioner. Is that oh, bad? So it stinks bad? I actually feel like it would be good for your hair. It would be really yeah. good for, for like hair. a day. Yeah. I feel like that was a thing in like 1998 or something. You do hair masks with mayo and yeah. like egg and oil. I threw that one out as if it would be a bad thing. But I guess as it rots and you're like, why does my hair always smell bad? But that's the thing about mayo. Mayo never goes bad. Mayo's <laughs> always good by definition. <laughs> Right. Even the expiration date is merely a suggestion. That that's just saying it's so delicious you'll want to eat it before that day. It's not saying it's actually gonna spoil. That it's gonna be like morally difficult for you to yeah. eat it. It's like cheese, it just gets better with age. That's exactly right. Food expiration dates are uh, that's a conspiracy. Absolutely. I mean that is legitimately true. Yes, I'm aware. Yeah. They're way, way off and you're fine eating food that's way past its expiration date. Don't hey. do it. <laughs> hey, late night listeners. Yeah. The dark web is a great place to go. You should totally prank people by damaging their personal property. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all food is good as long as you can put it in your mouth. <laughs> Brian had the sticks in his hand for like waiting. a full minute before that ended. <laughs> We set that up over here specifically that so that... I feel like it's a little pathetic sounding. Yes, but it's also not hooked up to the pedal. Oh. Wait, but that's its own sound. Yeah, that's you true. You can get a groove going. <laughs> <laughs> that's like every joke you make on this show. Do it again. Wait, I'm not... weird angle. Now that I timed it weird. Yeah, that was good, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, that was a good one. Hold on, can you give us a clean one to put on the soundboard? <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Wait, you have a soundboard? I don't see any buttons. We do when we do it online, and also half the time the other people can't hear it, so it doesn't really work. <laughs> okay, hearing that, it just makes me think that you just fuck with the guests at that point. Well, oh, I would never... No, 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 no. No, 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 no. We treat our guests with extreme respect. I would never, ever, ever want to get someone on this show. I know you. With them. I never, I wouldn't want to do it. You put me in the crotch seat. <laughs> and you're telling me you don't fuck with guests. You want to describe what the crotch seat Well, now is? he's going to call attention to it. That's fine. Listen, the reason they have talk shows with desks, because it's dignified. You see the top and you don't have to see their crotch. There's the always situation. a weird lump. First of all. I don't have enough room to cross my legs because there's a dang microphone in front of me. This. No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
So my legs are full spread eagle. I'm manspreading, as they say. And so I'm directly in front of the camera. I'm, my head's blocking the light and night logo. Aaron, this is great because we have a Jeremy Renner modesty oh, Thank God pillow. you have Jeremy Renner. That's exactly right. Where'd you get this? JeremyRennerFan.com? It was a gift from a mutual acquaintance whose name I do not wish to reveal. It was from the Jeremy Renner app. Oh, we don't use that one. The Halcyon yeah. days. We're not big into the app. The app community is really bad. You should go to the Renners. They're the best. There's a really great six or seven part podcast about the Jeremy Renner app, which I strongly recommend you listen the, the, to. Wait, what's it called? The Renner Files. <laughs> wait, is there actually an app? for? Uh, there was. Wait, Aaron. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so dude. Th- there's this thing where for a while, this one company was trying to get a bunch of celebrities to do like vanity apps, basically to get fans' attention and money because you could pay for like visibility to the celebrity on the app. Okay. And you'll never believe this, but it devolved into ridiculous infighting and arguments. And also, <laughs> it turns out that when you have your own app, you're responsible for putting content on it like all the time. And nobody has the bandwidth to do that, least of all. Like Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner. He's Hawkeye, you know. Well, this kind of ties into it because on the app, it was a contest to give away like a visit to the set of Endgame or some shit. I don't know which yeah, one. Whichever movie he was in first two seconds. It turned into something, I think, where the person that won it was like a friend of Jeremy Renner's <laughs> and didn't actually go to the set anyway. They just like hung out by his pool for a while. Okay. It's a whole fucking thing. It, it's, it was it's, like it's really a, worth a bunch of to. weird Twitter as if that's still a thing anymore. People invaded it and were just like, brigading it with nonsense. And you could pay for a gold star, which would increase your visibility. But they said it didn't increase your visibility, but it definitely did. And occasionally, Jeremy Renner would come on and like comment like, hey, cool post, bro. And then it became like a whole thing to try to get his attention. But after like maybe three weeks of doing it, he just completely opted out. It was a beautiful like moment in internet history while it was still going because everyone was like, they're just letting this happen. So is this where you got the pillow? It has nothing to do with the app. It was oh. it was a separate Is it gift. the same on the other side? I like to think that yes. Jeremy Renner has more than two sides when it comes to his acting. <laughs> He's a very versatile performer. <laughs> hey! <laughs> okay, so was this pre-cameo or post-cameo? Way pre, right? Definitely. I was still in high school when the Renner app thing happened, I'm pretty sure. And Cameo's been around for what, like two years or something? I don't know, but it makes the Jeremy Renner app obsolete. Completely obsolete, That's yeah. That's true. Now you can just get a Cameo from Jeremy Renner. Although I guess the equivalent would be, it's like Cameo, but you just pay a flat fee to like talk to the person all the time or interact with a community. It's like a Facebook page. It's a Discord. It basically is a Discord, Pay yes. extra to join a Discord of the yeah. worst people on the internet. Now, that's unfair to Jeremy Renner fans. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to make a public apology yeah. to the fans of Jeremy so Renner. Sorry. I'm sure you're all pretty cool, and your taste in men is totally... Um, cool. Yeah. Good. Not based on your weird dad issues. <laughs> Should we yeah. introduce this show? Yes, that's a good idea. Oh, we haven't started the show yet? No, we have. We just always wait to introduce people. We, we, we usually forget. wait about 45 minutes to an hour to introduce the show. We actually, we had Alana Pierce on a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I love Alana. She's great. We forgot until the end when we were about to say, that's it. Bye, everybody. Then I remembered we hadn't introduced her. We introduced her and the episode was over. <laughs> we're on a tight ship here. Wait, have we talked about this is the first thing we're doing in person in No, we haven't year? said that yet. Well, it is. So I can point to people yeah. for the first time. And I automatically feel I can be meaner to you. I 100% agree. I, I feel much more energized. You guys had asked me to do this a while back, and I was like, no, I don't want to. I think what you said was not till it's more popular. <laughs> I, I Okay, fair enough. <laughs> no, we, 
You didn't say that. <laughs> you don't know that. Yeah, so the reason I didn't do it is because I was like, ah, dude, anything Zoom or Discord or it sucks. It just sucks. Yeah. And so like our entire show? No, no, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm just compared Wait, to real life. Nice. That was the best one yet. Yeah, thank you. I did a podcast remotely. I won't say what it was. It was a lovely experience, and the person I was on with was great. Um, but it's just like, if we had done this in person, it would have been like a thousand times better. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I wanted to wait. It's because I have respect for you two. I didn't want to bring your show down by being like, I've been at home for the last fucking year, so <laughs> I got nothing to talk about. But in here, there's all this new stimuli. You got stupid posters that yeah. nobody likes. <laughs> Yep. You got drawings from your daughter. It's great. Yeah, We have this neon sign that I don't know about you guys, but it's putting off like so much heat. Or it's, it's, don't touch it. You'll burn your hand. Yeah. It's warm in here. It's very hot. I'm glazed like a donut. Layton's probably the easiest person to look at right now because there's not either a light directly behind her or that's it. Yeah. And who wants to look at Brian? Well, Brian's head is directly right by that soft box. Yeah. So it's like when I look at him, it's, he's like blurry. This is like some aliens you were getting abducted actively. Yeah, I purchased these soft boxes this weekend too. But because of the thing and Layton's proximity away from it, she's got this wonderful bisexual lighting going on. <laughs> it's great. Which are what, the colors of everything together? Is that what that means? Oh, well, when there's a neon light in a thing, it makes everything bisexual because oh, that is totally a thing that we should all say and normal because colors and lights are. Yeah. They're coded in certain ways. As are real people who are, I'm not going down this road. So, <laughs> hi, folks. Hi, well, folks. I'm bisexual. I'm allowed to say <laughs> This is a question that we were discussing earlier. Would you call this a man cave? Uh, yeah. It's not cool enough to be a man cave. Thank you. I'm, I'm reneging on my statement Thank you. It's earlier. not cool yeah. enough. Well, okay. How cool does it need to be? What will cool up this room? A fridge would help. You don't have a fridge in here? To no. Cool it oh, down? this isn't a man cave then. Yeah, thank you. Pathetic. Well, because there's a house right there that is full of Fridges. Do you think that has ever stopped a man excavator? No. The point of a cave is that you stay in it. You got to have a shitter. You got to have <laughs> a fridger. You got to have right. weed. A wet bar. A weeder. Yeah. Maybe somewhere to sleep. Yeah, I got a couch. I've never slept in this room, although friends have. Twerp has slept in this room. Oh. Other Some say that have. they're still here. Yeah. <laughs> hiding in the cat. Oh, hey. <laughs> Some say that their fucking gear is still here. I'm assuming that's the case. That is the case. Okay. Including... This lovely snare drum. Oh. Anyway, formalities. I don't know. Welcome to this fucking show, which is called Late Night with Brian Wecht. That one's Brian. Yo. And I get to actually point at you in person. Yes. And this is Layton. Hi. Mystery guest. <laughs> <laughs> the mystery guest bit really does not work in person. Who could it possibly be? I've been Jeremy Renner the whole time. <laughs> it's really nice to meet you. I'm really impressed with your wide range of films that you've been in, like... Tag. <laughs> Wait, I came up with one. That was good. <laughs> I successfully named a Jeremy Renner film other than and the Hawkeye. The Hawkeye movie. Yeah. <laughs> that everybody loves. So I was watching the Avengers commentary track. And it's funny because like every time like somebody would come on screen, you know, it was like Mark Ruffalo or whatever. They'd be like, oh, Mark's such a sweetheart. I love you. It's great. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson is like, oh, she's so talented, man. She could do anything. She's amazing. Does her own stunts in a lot of these scenes. And, and then they get to Jeremy Renner and he's like, it's hard to mic Jeremy Renner. <laughs> <laughs> Who was doing the commentary? It was Joss Whedon and the other guy. Everyone's favorite. Russo. Yeah. <laughs> I was just watching it. So I recently rewatched Galaxy Quest. Oh, yeah. Which is so great. I fucking love that movie. I hadn't seen it in a while. And then Rachel sent me a compilation of people just talking about Alan Rickman. And oh. 
Oh my God. It was so, it's like all the people on the show, oh. uh, just talking about what a very sweet, but very dry mm. guy he was. Uh, <laughs> Justin Long. Apparently there was some play that they were in, but like one was starting right as the other was finishing it. So they didn't actually overlap. They just kind of like one stopped and then the next one came in. He went to see it and Alan Rickman was in it, but you know, he didn't feel ready to do his part yet. And on his opening night, he shows up at his dressing room and there is a note, a little card from Alan Rickman, which in very, you know, formal cursive handwriting just says, fuck you. <laughs> what a cool guy. Yeah. They said he was like one of the funniest, dry kind of British yeah. way uh, people. Uh, <laughs> what a sweetheart. I read recently the story from the guy that played Neville Longbottom. Was, oh, who got hot? Yeah. He got super hot all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. Now he's jacked and he's all hairy and... Anyway, I guess on the last day of filming, he was like a big Alan Rickman fan, but he never like talked to him because he was so nervous. Yeah. So he's like, on the last day of filming, he's like, well, I'm not gonna have to see him again. So I'll go and talk to him. So he went to his trailer and he was like, hey, I'm a big fan. You know, it's been an honor working with you. And then he just like sat down with him for like three hours and just coached him on his career. And oh then he was God. like, it was the best advice I've ever gotten. That's awesome. That's, That's really so sweet. sweet. I was reading an obituary today of Charles Grodin. Do you Did read you? the obituaries every morning? Yeah, I, it's my morning paper. It's the only part of the news I follow. <laughs> the funnies and the obituaries. Yes. The obits are, as I like to call them, the gottums. <laughs> uh, well, one of my favorite, favorite all-time comic like writers, he's not really a comedian, but he's a, he's a writer, Andy Breckman, has a running joke, which I was just thinking about the other day, that you can make any obituary funnier by inserting the word finally before it dies. <laughs> <laughs> which I really like. <laughs> Do you guys see the Charles Grodin? Do you know who that is? Saw, you know, it's one of those things where like you're on Twitter and then everyone's talking about it. Like they've been like big fans for like a thousand years. And it's like, oh, hi. Uh, and they're posting clips like, this is my favorite bit of him ever. And I'm like, I have no idea who this guy is. For me, he'll always be Midnight Run. It's him and De Niro. He's just the ultimate deadpan comic actor. Like everything he did was just like here. Yeah. And it was so funny. But the Rickman story reminded me of something in one of the obituaries where apparently he was on the Michael J. Fox show, okay, like the recent one. And he was like, we do these long days, which for me are grueling, but Michael J. Fox has Parkinson's, so I can't even imagine what they're like for him. And apparently after one day of shooting, he went up to Michael J. Fox and he was like, hey man, you know, I just want to say this is a really great day. Tomorrow when we do our scenes together, can you do it without the Parkinson's? <laughs> <laughs> which and he said and he was like Michael J. Fox like cracked up and it was you know he was like I'm glad I took that chance that was a chance but like what a swing I love it when people take those big asshole swings yeah and oh. I feel like a big asshole swing is so often like the beginning of a beautiful friendship yeah it's like a trust fall right and then like if they catch you then it's like oh well, we're cool then yeah I think I sent you and Jarek that tweet that said, uh, most of a relationship is apologizing for doing something hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which really struck home for me. Yeah, that's a very you comment. Yeah, yeah. I can't relate, but 
you do you. Anyway, hey, this is Aaron Hansen. This is Late Night. We've been talking for God knows how long. If you see us, Ryan and I suddenly looking at the camera intermittently as if we Let's have a gun it. being pointed at our heads. It's not because we have a gun. I mean, we have the guns pointed at our heads, but also we're trying to make sure the camera does not Yeah, I keep looking at the stop. computer to make sure the audio is going. Yeah. Which I'm still not convinced in. <laughs> and the camera to make sure it's recording. Right. And then I'm also looking over here because there is a man in a dark suit with a gun. Yeah. So... We're fine, right? The creator of the Jeremy Renner app. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. App. Dave App. I love Jeremy Renner and all the movies that he's been in. And like, uh, uh, <laughs> Tag. Tag. He's in, yeah, he's in Tag. That great film, Tag. Wait, he was in one of the Born identities, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he was like the new. He was the new Born? Born man. Yeah, he was born for a day and then Matt Damon came back. Didn't he sucked. break both his arms? <laughs> Filming so tag. Am I remembering this correctly? Mom had to help us. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's right. It sounds right. Yeah, the dude's must, cocking the gun. Yeah. <laughs> must have been a pretty aggressive game of tag. Yeah, well, dude, if, if you watch that movie, it lasted for like. Actually, I think it was based on like a, a real event. I can't say yeah, that with a straight face. Yeah. But I hear that, and I'm just like, I don't care. All I care about is when Jackie Chan does it. It's like Jackie Chan broke his leg when he was doing this stunt, and they show it at the end. It's like a blooper, and it's like, whoa. Cool. It's like Jeremy Renner. I don't give a fuck. He no, because you arms. know he broke it doing something stupid. Yeah, exactly. Picking up his crafty. <laughs> Put too much peanut butter on his little sandwich. For those of you listening, that's industry lingo yeah. for food. That has always bothered me. Crafty. I can get behind craft services, but when people say, "Oh, and crafty's over here," it, it, it's I don't just know. an easy way to say it. You can call it the food. Yeah, great. Craft service is easy, but if you want to make fun of Hollywood people, you can just say crafty. Yeah. Were we going to talk about UFOs or something? Yeah, I was going to like pointedly <laughs> ask you about urban planning. Oh, yeah. I never gave you the yeah, book what the recommendations. Fuck, I'm sorry. You're supposed to give her book recommendations? Yeah, we were talking about urban planning because I've been getting into it. And Leighton was like, I'm genuinely interested in this. Give me the books that you're reading. And I was like, you got it. And I never did. <laughs> so... How dare you? But also, yeah, you have a good UFO story. And I wanted you to come on the show and tell it because I'm very interested in hearing it and talking to you about it. And I also know it's going to piss Brian off so bad. Have I never told it to you? No, you've told me. Oh, okay. But you've never told me on a... <laughs> <laughs> it's not real journey. unless there's an audience. Perform yeah. our friendship. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because I'm not a believer as a result of this story. I want so badly to see a UFO. And uh, yeah. I did. By the very strict definition of UFO, as an unidentified flying object. Anyway, I used to live in Palmdale. It's like an hour north of LA. And it's, it's past the mountain range. And then north of Palmdale is, I believe, Edwards Air Force Base. Hey, it's back. surprising that Edward hasn't asked for his Air Force Base back <laughs> if it's his. Well, I think he operates it. I, I, can't, uh, I can't reach the that, fucking thing, but that, just know... <laughs> That makes a lot of yeah. sense. Sorry. So we're driving up back from L.A. It's like 2 a.m. Um, and there's one road that leads into Palmdale from L.A. Uh, and we get stuck behind a flatbed truck uh, that's being escorted by four military vehicles. It's being escorted by eight cops. And they're going slow as fuck, obviously. On the flatbed truck was like 
100% just like saucer with a dome top. Like, straight really? up, yeah. And we were stuck behind it for like, you know, five minutes. It's the only road into Palmdale. And they were just like running red lights and they were going beelining it to the Air Force Base. Wow. I took pictures, but that was the time when I had like a sidekick. And the <laughs> camera on that is terrible. They were just total darkness. So anyway, that's the story, right? But, you know, in a world where stuff gets declassified 10 years later, that was about 10 years ago. So I looked it up recently and it's like a drone or something that, that was top secret back then. But now it's real. So not to cast dispersions, but it's interesting that your UFO story didn't involve the F. I mean, technically it was flying because it was off the it ground. It just sounds like a UO <laughs> to me is what I'm saying. Well, it was going to Edwards Air Force Base. <laughs> Look, I'm saying we can all follow the train of logic here. But how do you think? Why would you just wheeling it out? Because they wheeled it out there. Like what they they it's an object. It looked like a flying object. OK, I, I'm not disputing that. I'm just Dude, saying yeah. it was it was a UAFO, a, an unidentified, Almost. assumedly okay. flying. object. That's all I'm asking. For. Listen, he has the U, he has the O, and I'm going to give you the F right now. Okay. <laughs> oh, so you, wait, it was like not under a tarp. No, it was totally uncovered. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I yeah, would think they would mask that. Well, it was 2 a.m. and pitch darkness and palmdale like nobody's out if the person working there was like okay we got a drone totally looks like a ufo if we can scare the shit out of some people kind, we like, just kind of drive honestly around. a little bit yeah but it's some like x35 or some shit like very like this was on the thing you looked up yeah oh wow well because i tweeted about it somewhat recently it was one of those things where it was like tell a story nobody believes oh, yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. and i was like well this happened to me and then people were like whoa really oh there must have been and then people started posting like what they thought it was and then eventually somebody posted like exactly what i saw and i was like <laughs> oh well there you go that's what it was well, that's wild they purposely make them look like ufos like a blackbird doesn't look like a ufo it looks like a fucking x-men vehicle but because it was but when they make these experimental craft, they're literally just like they're doing it on purpose. <laughs> That's one of the strongest arguments against these things being actual aliens or whatever, is that they didn't start looking the way they do until they started looking that way in pop culture. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the pop culture mm -hmm. led the stuff people were reporting. Mm -hmm. And so when there were flying saucers first in the whatever, late 40s, early 50s or something, then everyone's like, oh shit, we see flying saucers. So you can't really trust that you know, uh, yeah. unless the aliens are watching the pop culture and updating based on what they're. Um, that sounds more feasible. Yeah. To yeah. Me. I will say, when it comes to UFO stuff, it has been getting weirder. They're less leaning on the flying saucer stuff now because the one that I think of the most, which still hasn't been like quote unquote explained, is the Phoenix Lights. Right? I don't really follow it. So I don't know what those no. are. Okay, so the Phoenix Lights was three lights in a triangle formation that flew over Phoenix, and it was completely silent. When it, is this? It was you in the nineties. No, it's it's one where it, like the number of videos from like every single yeah. angle. There are just like a but, ton of them because Phoenix is a big city, so like a ton of people saw it, and you know it was all over the news. And yeah, there's like various famous footage of it, but there's not some craft that came out and it's like, oh, this is it. It's a triangle shape. Yeah, it's got yeah, three yeah. lights. Huh. Honestly, I think that's the only like UFO story that's like, oh, interesting. Because I love. UFO stories and I want so badly to see a UFO, but I'm also extremely skeptical because it, it was like a year or two ago. Tom DeLong was like, oh, God, was like three UFOs declassified it with the government. And I was like, oh, my God, look at this. You know what? For a guy that's built his whole brand on blinking, you'd think he'd be a little more skeptical. <laughs> yeah, but he yeah. literally isn't seeing a lot of stuff. So it's these very, <laughs> it's these very compelling 
three videos that were released from the government. They really released it and you can see them and they're still available. And I was like, okay, so what's the deal? And there's just a guy on YouTube that's like, I know exactly what these are. And he like totally recreated it in like 3D software. He's like, this is a plane. It's from this angle. It's going this direction. It looks weird because of the, the angle. Yeah. Is, yeah. So it, every one of those was like, eh, and this one, it's not actually going that fast because you can see the lens. And yeah, if you can't explain it, it's probably some military aircraft. Right. The thing you saw. And the other thing is, it's just literally impossible that this kind of conspiracy could exist in this form for so long and that someone wouldn't have leaked it. Mm -hmm. People are not that organized. Right. Dear God, like, no. If there's like one thing anybody should learn about the world, it's people are not as organized or as smart. Yeah. There would be some dude right now with his phone being like, oh, shit, it's going to be awesome. You know, <laughs> yeah. like recording it. Yeah. If it's one not of the, gonna... you know, cops who helped with the Kobe crash cleanup is just like, I'm going to show pictures of this at bar to a lady. Like, there's no fucking way. Yeah. No, no. But they are fascinating. Mm -hmm. Look, I want to see a UFO. I want to see a ghost. I want to see an angel. I want to see all of this shit. I want to see a shit. Bigfoot. I want to see a Mongolian death worm. Yep. I want to see the Jersey Devil. I want to see the Bigfoot and the Jersey Devil kiss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, if you're from New Jersey, you have to view that at least once before you leave the state. <laughs> so I have another thing that I was sort of backseat to. It's not as compelling as that I literally saw it with my own eyes. But... There was a mission that NASA was doing. I want to say it was like 11 or 12 years ago. And it was a mission where they were going to the moon and they were basically going to crash that rocket into the moon. And then it was going to like kick off particles. And then they were going to like grab the particles with like the, the second stage of it. Like kick off the regolith of the moon. And yeah, and then they'd analyze it and see if there was like water or whatever. But like the thing is, A, we already knew that there was water on the moon. Like, we had already found it. From the tears of the astronauts. Yeah. We were sad they couldn't get back to Earth. Exactly. <laughs> very sad. <laughs> it's the Apollo 13 tears. Yeah. They got back. Uh, <laughs> but they didn't do you even know get if to the it was moon. them for real, oh, though? Oh, did they see Santa Claus or whatever? And replaced, bro. You got to listen to your coast-to-coast -coast AM, the secret, secret yeah. city on the other side of the moon. Okay, so... This is involved in the secret city on the side of the moon. Okay, so they were saying, and I believe NASA said this. They were like, you can watch when it collides and you'll see it. Like, you can just see it with naked eyes. You'll see, like, the particles come off. And I was like, that's wild. Yeah, I want to see that. So I was following it like a hawk because I really wanted to see that. And they live streamed from the perspective of the rocket. Hmm. And I was watching that when it was happening. And it's like, you see the moon get closer and it's like, it's going to fucking crash into the moon. But then when it gets like a certain distance where you'd like start seeing like landmarks and stuff, it, it cut out. Oh, and, shit. And, and, and then it was like, <laughs> hell yeah. Okay. I was like, what? fucking cut. Come on. It cut out. <laughs> and then the news came out and it was like, you couldn't see it from space. I don't know. It was a mission. And then it just kind of went away. And then later they released the footage that it cut out. And it was like, <laughs> So that really fueled people because at the same time, Google and NASA did a thing together where like, you know, so you have Google Earth and yeah, you yeah, yeah. the 3D model. So they it was did, probably right around the time Google Earth was like starting. Yeah. Too. yeah so yeah. they did briefly, very briefly, they did like Google Moon where you could do the same thing with the moon oh, and you wow, could yeah. find all of the, because they had all these satellite pictures and stuff. And if you went to the dark side of the moon that we don't see, there was tons of parts of the dark side of the moon that are blurred. <laughs> mm -hmm. And they're like like clearly by hand. Like it's not like artifacting or anything like that. Well, I mean, they do that with Google Earth. It'll be like, here's a complex. This is all blurred so you can't see it because it's private. Exactly. 
But on the moon, there's no complexes. So what's the deal with that, right? <laughs> what's up with that, bro? So that was like the one-two punch of that situation. And then everybody thought there was like stuff on the moon. Yeah. The alien colony on the dark side of the moon thing has been a conspiracy theory yes. forever. Yes. Because I was reading people talk about it when it was happening, and nobody ever talks about it. Ever. You're the first person that's been like, oh, I think I remember that. And it's like, why did we all forget about this? This is really strange. I love that shit, and I hate the conspiracy theories have gotten so depressingly lame now, where it was like, oh, it used to be kind of fun, and now it's like, oh, these are all anti-Semitic core and, yeah. like, terrible and not fun and actively yes. harmful. To be fair, there were plenty of anti-Semitic they were all, conspiracy yeah, yeah, yeah. theories that Most of them already too. were. It's like the flat earth stuff. That stuff drives me insane. Yeah. Well, it's anti-Semitic in nature. It's really strange. We had someone email us several times about getting a flat earther on this show. <laughs> I forgot and, about this. Yeah. Yes. Their their vouch like, for we, it was like we've been on Infowars. Yes. We've been on <laughs> Joe Rogan. Legitimately, they used as their bona fides Infowars, oh, no. Joe Rogan. But oh man, that one just drives me insane. People wanted that so bad, and you know, platforming, blah blah blah. We would never do it, but never. it would be very, very, very funny to watch you interact with a flat earther. With something like that, as much as I love annoying people, I don't want to like tear into someone publicly like i'm happy to have a conversation off mic or whatever about literally anything and be honest but i'm not gonna like invite someone onto a show and be like all right motherfucker let's do that you know like it's that's just kind of well yeah because they're wrong and you know they're wrong so it's like why even bother well even when i was a scientist like if if someone's giving a talk and i saw something wrong i wouldn't while they were in front of everybody be like get them and also half the time you're wrong about what you thought was wrong anyway. So you might look like an idiot if you try to call someone out. But See, this independent is... of that, you pull someone aside and you say, hey, I don't think this is quite right. Yeah. Let's talk about it. That's the only like angle for having someone like that on the show is like, you know they're wrong. It's scientifically proven that they're wrong. So like the whole point of having someone on the show is to like, ha ha, look at you. Look at how weird your beliefs are. You know, like you're not having like a genuine conversation with somebody at that point. No, it's no. just some dinner with schmucks shit. There's no place to have a genuine conversation with someone who's that deep into it. The only way, you know, this is backed up by research now, much like the flat earth theory. Mm-hmm. The only way to change someone's mind is gradually over time by people who are mostly on their side. Mm. You're never going to drop a fact bomb that's going to explode and right, change right, someone's yeah. mind. You're going to have someone who's a friend of theirs be like, hey, actually, I was thinking about this. And then gradually they move away. I'm sure there are cases of people hearing a thing and then switching on yeah. a dime, mm-hmm. but it's very rare and not how people change their mind. So there's no point in like having someone come on to try to yeah. debate. The only thing it will do is make them dig their heels in even harder. Absolutely. Yeah. I think one of the best approaches in just like examining that is like the all gas, no brakes approach where they, yeah. they just stick a microphone in front of them and they're like, say whatever you want. You know, like I'm not going <laughs> to argue with you. Like, just go ahead. Because then they like keep going and it gets deeper and deeper. And they're not, like you said, they're not digging their heels in. They're just like, oh, someone's listening. Right, right. I I have all the things I want to say, you know? And then it's like, oh, then you can really see like what they're thinking. And then that's when it gets into like the anti Semitic stuff where it's like, oh, this is what this is about. This isn't about that you believe in the flat earth or that you understand physics or anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the total like police interrogation technique where they're like, they're just not going to say shit and they're just going to move closer and closer to you. And then you get nervous. Is someone knocking? Sounds like somebody's knocking. Come in. Hi, honey. What's up? Why? (laughs) Do you want to play video games with Layton again? Is that why you're asking me? What do you want? I thought he was just going to take it. 
I ate a while. What, what do you want? <laughs> Nothing really. Okay, can you go back outside again? Thank you. Love you. This is 100% because you're in here. You realize that, right? Yes! She wants to play video games yes! with you. Yes! So now is the time of the show when we move on to segments. So. <laughs> I don't like the grin that you're giving me. Well, it, it, it's only a grin because I'm happy that we're doing some segments. It's okay. so horrible to see it in real life after a year of... Uh, what? This is a sight to behold. We really should have done the GoPros on the mic arms thing. Yeah, we talked about putting like GoPros here and just like... <laughs> Getting right in. Like a guitar video. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and just having a dedicated like foot cam. Yeah. Oh, excellent. I have to say, I do a stream called Shuffle Master where I open up cards and that's it. But like I had a little trash can next to, so I'd throw the booster pack wrappers into it and I would always miss. I would always laugh at it and I'd be like, oh, I missed. And then everyone was like, oh, I want to see. So I was like, all right, fine. So I just pulled a GoPro from like storage and just mounted it and fed it into the thing. And so whenever I throw the booster pack now, I just swap cameras to the trash cam. Amazing. And it's become like the most favorite part of everybody's <laughs> of the show that it just cuts to the trash. And then they see the fucking boost. It never gets in. Oh. It's just it's just like the <laughs> this fluttery material that doesn't go straight. Somebody did a compilation of in one stream of just the trash cam footage. I want to show you this video. Okay. This is Guitar Center Drum Off 2012 finalist. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of fun. Okay. I don't know how something can be simultaneously so impressive and so douchey. <laughs> you know, I do have a wife that's waiting for me at home. It's almost done. Brian, I fucking swear to God. In if, five more minutes. If you do this. <laughs> and, hold on. There was no switch to like a stick cam or whatever the fuck? No, I just like that video. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, there was some good camera work there, though, right? Do your fucking segment, okay. Brian. So our first segment is our pop culture recommendation okay. segment. Yeah. So you get to recommend anything you've been enjoying recently, book, movie, video game, whatever it is. Sure. Uh, the segment is called What's Popping? What's Popping? And here's the theme song. It should be coming through your headphones. No, I, I, yeah, I don't. You know, yeah, let me try. <laughs> there, there is a style of comedy. Let me try it again, Brian. Let me try it again. Hold on. I think the interface might not be working. Yeah. Got it. It's going to work. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> That's good. That's good. You know, you know, Brian, you have Hold a on, very. The theme song is still going. Yeah. And that is five minutes, you said? Or did you restart it? I restarted it. Okay. <laughs> And that's the What's Poppin' theme song. Awesome. Uh, I hate you so fucking much. <laughs> There's a style of comedy that you do, I think. You know, when you're in improv, right? Yeah. You do this thing where I have no idea how to participate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in improv comedy, usually it's like, here you go. But with you, it's just kind of like, fuck! Just <laughs> the ball right at my feet. I'm like, wow, Jesus! I don't know how to react to that. It's your style of comedy. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. Aaron, you put that yes. so articulately in a way that having to deal with this shit every week. My goal 
is to set other people up to look great. And I think I did that today. How long is the theme song? <laughs> it's uh, when the real one is like two seconds. What's poppin'? What's poppin'? <laughs> oh, wow. That's the bit. Oh, okay. This is our first time doing it live, though. I think it worked really well. Okay, cool. Is it still going? Is that the joke? No, no, no. Now As we're moving said, on. It's just, fuck you. You can't participate. So I'm going to, I'll start. It's really, yeah, yeah. yeah share your recommendation, uh, Brian. What's, what's popping for me this week, I don't like the negative attitudes here, <laughs> by the way, uh, is, have you guys ever heard of Hatress? No. Hatress. Like Tetris, but. It is a Tetris, it is a Tetris-like variant. Oh, Hattress. Hattress. Recommends the worst piece. Oh, no. Okay. Never mind. Hattress is different. It's Tetris with hats. Yeah, this is not that. It's it's normal Tetris. <laughs> I'm not kidding, by the way. <laughs> this is real. Like physical, uh, like on your head or like... It was designed by Alexi whatever, the guy who made Tetris. He made Hattress. By the way, I remember the sequel, the next game called Faces that he came up with, which was a huge bomb. <laughs> but yeah, so Hattress, it's a browser game, yeah. which is Tetris, except the AI will always recommend the worst possible piece for you at any given time. You know, I find it strange that <laughs> you make people endure annoying shit, but then you do it to yourself in these weird ways. Dude, you know me. I like to chill out and have fun. That's how I work. <laughs> That's what you say every episode, how much you love to have fun, how you've always loved to have fun as evidenced by your juggling. Yep. You just love to have a good time. You know what it says on my online dating profile? It says, love to laugh. And that's me. Is it still active? I don't like to talk about this. It is on the dark web. Yeah, <laughs> that's where he's right. getting all those alerts yeah. from. <laughs> yeah. it's got six dark web alerts. Those are just swipe lefts or whatever. Wait, swipe right's the good one? I can never remember. Yeah. It's um, different on the dark web. Yeah, so I, I was... <laughs> I read about this somewhere, and I was like, I have to play Hatress. And it's really, really hard. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't, I think the highest score, every time you lose a row, that's one. I think the highest score that's ever been achieved is 31. So does that mean it never gives you the long piece? No, you can get it to give you the long piece, but you have to really try. Oh, so you have to, like, set yourself up to be, like, in a horrible position for the long piece? Yes, correct. Okay. Yeah. The only thing that's different from normal Tetris is there's no gravity, so you have to manually drop the pieces. So you can take as long as you want to try to, like, figure it out. Well, that kind of defeats the purpose. Well, the game's so fucking hard already that they decided to give you a little mercy. Has, like, the world champion Tetris guy ever played it? I don't know who that is or why he would do it. I don't know, because it's a challenge. It's a I looked online, and apparently there's, like, a record of 31. I don't know who's played this. Well, the other interesting thing is that every game is replicable, so there's no randomness. Everyone starts off with the same piece. And once you get in a position, it's deterministic, but the AI will say. Okay. So you could... Any game, you can replay exactly as it was given to you. It's so like it's chance. kind of a puzzle, yeah. It's beautiful. Anyway. Sounds awful. It's probably the worst game you could imagine, and I love it. Did you actually play it, or are you just yeah. saying this to make everyone else play no, it? No, I, I played it. I got a score of two. That was my high score. So you put down two blocks, and then it broke? No, I was able to clear two lines, is what that oh. means. Oh, jeez Because it, it always gives you the piece that's not going to clear the line. Right. It's really fucking hard. Like, if you I think you're it. good at Tetris, it's a fun challenge. I don't know if I want to talk to anybody who, like, their thing is like, I'm really good at Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> well, I encourage you to try Hatress because it's extremely infuriating and a great way to spend a few hours. That's a good idea. Layton, what's popping? I think, considering this is our first episode back in person. Has the theme song stopped yet? Let me check. <laughs> 
It was still going. Okay. This is going to be a late night first for me. I'm taking a vow of silence for my what's poppin' in protest of everything that just happened. And that On our first episode back, that's you, iffy, iffy. You did this. That's an iffy decision. You did this. Okay? Okay, we're fine. You know what? It's your show, too. I'm not recommending shit. (laughs) Do you want me to recommend something for you? No, fuck off. What's popping for late in this week is a little book called Ready Player One by (laughs) Ernest Klein. No, Ready Player Two, the superior sequel. It's twice as good as the first. What's my favorite part of Ready Player Two? Probably the fact that it's exactly the same as Ready Player One. Isn't there a reference to um, the Sonic.exe creepypasta in that? I wouldn't know. What? I think there is. That's all I know about supposedly my favorite book no (laughs) yeah that's no no it's like there's a reason why movies don't have cell phones in them you know like just leave that shit out anyway what's popping for me yeah do you want me to come up with one for you should i be sincere layton should i be sincere you should should be sincere i was sincere (laughs) i'm gonna kill you please was all right there's a couple things that have been popping for me Invincible just got made into a cartoon on Amazon Prime. It's so good. I haven't watched it, but I've had the Ultimate Collection in my comic collection for like five years or something. And I was like, okay, now's the time I got to read it then because I wasn't going to be talking about it. It's great. It's great. It's really gory, right? Yes and no. It's gory in parts. Yeah. The series has a lot of blood and guts in it. I just finished watching it literally last night. I haven't read the book for years. In fact, never even finished. The show takes some liberties, doesn't it? I don't remember because it's been so long since I read the book. Well, because like there's the episode one ending that everyone goes nuts about and went viral and all that stuff, you know, and obviously you get to that pretty quickly in the comic. But like after I got to the comic, I was like, I thought the whole thing was like this big, long sequence. And in the comic, it's just like a page. So I went back and watched it and there's like characters I didn't recognize. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? What? the fuck is going on here? So like a robot, I guess, becomes a kid or something? That does happen in the series. It's been so long since I've read it, I don't remember what happens in the comic. And on purpose, so I remember the twist, which is the thing you're talking about, Yeah, which takes a little bit of time in the comic, but it's pretty quick. But I didn't want to read anything beyond that because I didn't want to spoil anything. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I don't remember what is original and what's not. Okay. But the voice acting is amazing. Who's in it? Stephen Yun is invincible. His mom is Sandra Oh. His dad is J.K. Simmons. Oh, shit. They have Jason Manzoukas, who is like my favorite person. Mahershala Ali is in it. Total ringers. Uh, Gillian Jacobs is Zazie Beetz. Like, really, really great people. That's dope. To me, the craziest thing about this series, it is one of the only things I can think of that has rapid tonal shifts, like yeah. from straight up comedy yeah. to fucking horror. And it works. Yeah. It really works. It's the same way in the comic too. Yeah. 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 Spoilers. I can't talk about it, but you could say a couple spoilers sequence that we're talking about when it starts, it seems like it's going to start like this, like superhero moment. And it's like not gory and it's very like ooh, fluffy. And then suddenly the music cuts, there's just no music. And then it's just like, really intense and it's like oh oh geez i watched this bit because my friend was like that show really upset me with the gore and i was like oh well what's going on here it's let me get in here (laughs) (laughs) it's not upsetting gore i don't think so i get pretty squicked out by stuff and i was not bothered by it it's definitely gorier than the comic it's gorier than what i remember because also you're watching it the fact that it's animated just means it's going to be gorier I don't like the way the show moves. That sequence in particular, when they're purposely making it look good, it's like, oh, it's great. But when it's not, I don't like how it moves. I agree with that. The animation is a little off-putting. It's a little choppy. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about with that stuff, but I remember thinking, shouldn't they have like more frames or something? It felt like they had a pretty low budget, which like if they did, they did a great job with it. Yeah. Um, but when they do this sort of method, it seems like it's supposed to move really well and then it doesn't, right? Yes. There's ways that you can make cheap animation look good without a whole lot of movement, but they didn't go that route. So it really comes off like, ah, oh, man, this doesn't look as good as it should. It's interesting because I never know with stuff like that, like, am I not getting the style? As in, is this a choice that they're making that I just don't really understand? No, it's just because they don't have the money to do it. Got That's it. all there's to it. You know, everyone knows I'm a fucking weeb, but like the Japanese have perfected it with anime. They, they yeah. literally have entire animes where there's no animation at all. It's just still frames. But it looks like it's moving because they are really good at doing keyframes. They're really good at doing like transitions. And yeah, yeah. They're really good at like panning and like using mouth movements to make it seem like they're moving and stuff. So in American TV, they don't use those tricks as much. So it kind of, it just looks cheap in parts, but whatever. That's my animator, whatever. That's your 60 yeah. second Yeah, you can post in the comments that I'm a snob or whatever. I don't give a shit. Everybody worked really hard on it. So I'm reading Invincible. It's great. Cool. Um, and then video game wise, I've been playing Returnal. On PS5? Yeah, it's good. Great. Moving on. Really? Next <laughs> segment. This is our final segment. <laughs> I just liked how brief that was. That was nice. Yeah, it was. I liked it too. All right, our final segment is called Peaches and Lemons. It is one part airing of a petty grievance and three part gratitude exercise. So we will each share one lemon, which is a shitty thing. And Brian didn't warn you about this, which is fucked up. Uh, it, there's no warning. Is, is Leighton now doing the bit? Is Leighton the bit this master is, now? No, okay, so this is every week. When we do peaches and lemons, she does this thing where she says, I didn't tell the, just be quiet for a second. She says, I didn't tell the guests the bit. And it makes them feel like they're really on the spot. But we never tell the guests what we're going to do here. (laughs) And every week she throws me under the bus for this. Cool. Yeah, peaches and lemons, right? It's my favorite thing. Yeah. So I'm I'm getting a little tired of this bit, personally. (laughs) Ryan, you were getting so fucking spicy the first time we were back (laughs) here in person when there are a variety of objects here that I can attack you with. Yeah. There's no way for me to dig out of this hole. There's no hole. It's just a bit she does every week. <laughs> you just created like a bit void. There's no room for me here. You were supposed to get an email. So I will say, so a lemon <laughs> is like a petty creep. So I'll start. Yeah, something my... that like ruins your next 10 to 15 minutes. Do I'll your, do mine. Do your fucking lemon. My lemon Ryan. is that the Los Angeles Philharmonic calls me every day and I want them to fucking stop. <laughs> it's because I gave money to them once and every day at like two o'clock, some number rolls through. I had to block it eventually where they're looking for donations. And we already donate to the LA Phil. Yeah. And every day, every day they call. <laughs> I stopped picking up because it's always a 213 number. Mm. And no one else has ever called me from that. So whenever I see at like 2 p.m. a 213 call, I'm like, okay, here's my chance to not accept. I would give them more money if they contacted me less frequently. By their silence. You should tell them that. What if somebody's like, we really respect Brian's music. Yeah. (laughs) We really want him to put on this amazing show. (laughs) We heard that What's Poppin' theme song. (laughs) Yeah, it was really good. It was great. They they heard the bit Layton does every week with Peaches and Lemons. It's like they're really big fans of the show. You know what? Maybe that is the case. Then they can go through my reps. So that's my lemon. Please stop calling me LA Phil. Also, there must be some guy who's a big Lakers fan whose name is Phil who calls himself LA Phil. LA Phil. There must be. I think about this a lot. What's up, everybody? My name's LA Phil. Not to be confused with L.A. Phil. (laughs) (laughs) But I do live in Disney Hall. (laughs) 
Layton. My lemon for this week is one that I just had in that we've been sitting in your garage for like two hours and it's very hot in here and there's a neon sign and we're doing bits and I'm around people and I'm very nervous. Anyway, went into the bathroom. My fucking eyeliner is like, like the sweat thing. You guys don't wear eyeliner, but when you sweat. Yeah, it goes down. It's doing that. It's like you're crying or something. Yeah. It looks great. I didn't even notice until you pointed it out and I still don't know. All right. This is my lemon though. (laughs) This social interaction I've created. (laughs) We were being genuine. (laughs) You flip that. I am making it worse. This is becoming a larger and larger lemon. (laughs) What do you assume? We're like, no, it's fine. (laughs) What was the right response there? Yeah. No, it looks terrible. I mean, that's what I expect everybody to tell me all the time. So (laughs) I still don't even notice. By making that my one, I've created this situation. Well, because you created the art so you can see what the difference. But to me, it just looks like a smoky eye or something. Wow. Thank you. I'm just just kidding. This was all a bit. um, (laughs) I feel so. It was totally on purpose. Great. Aaron, what's your lemon? My lemon is my cat. (laughs) We have three cats, but the cat that's mine is Mochi. He has claimed me as his bonded, right? So anyway, he is obsessed with me petting him while he eats. (laughs) He's obsessed. And I'm not saying this flippantly. It's like an OCD pattern. He can't eat unless you're touching him? Yeah, he can't like go on with his life. If I woke up and I didn't pet him while he ate, it goes nuts if I don't do this. But he's gotten to the point now where like I've enabled it too much that now he's like, well, I can get it all the time if I just scream. (laughs) And it's only in locations where I'm doing something. If I'm in the living room and I'm watching TV, doesn't give a shit, goes and sleeps over in a corner. If I'm cooking, he just stands there and screams at me. What an asshole. Until I pet him while he eats. And even if I do that, there's a 50% chance that he's still going to do it. And if I sit at my desk and I'm like taking Zoom meetings or whatever, I'm like writing or whatever, he comes and he screams at me until I fucking (laughs) pet him while he eats. And then if I'm recording Grumps in the other room, same thing. He comes in and screams at me until I pet him while he eats. And I don't know what to do about it. It's gotten to the point now where it's like triggering for me to cook. Because I know what's going to happen. I walk into the cook zone and I'm like already, I'm like, oh, because subconsciously my brain knows like you're going to get screamed at. Have you done the cry it out method? It doesn't work. Here's what happens. One, he'll do it forever. Or two, he'll pout, which makes me feel so terrible. I'm so hungry, daddy. You got to touch my head. Wait, can can we get an I'm so hungry, daddy clean from you, please? (laughs) It's funny when you do it. As evidenced by my underage wiki feet page, (laughs) I'm good. All right. Well, that's my lemon. The thing with animals is they have nothing to lose. And so they will just stand there and look at you and go, because they don't fucking care. What else are they doing? Yeah, I've never heard Mochi make noise. He doesn't do it around other people. (laughs) I swear to God. Dude, Susie, my wife, for those who don't know, I swear to God, she thought I was like lying about or exaggerating (laughs) for the because he doesn't do it around her. She's like, oh, she's here. Well, no. no. But finally, she, it's like she was upstairs or in another room or something. And Moch didn't the realize. The cat was, was gaslighting like, Susie. <laughs> yeah, kind of. And she finally heard it. And she was like, oh, my God, he's really screaming. And I was like, yeah, I know. I've been telling you this for so long. He just screams. God, I just wish there was something I could do to make him stop. The That's silence of the cat. Really great. You have three. Is that right? You have three cats. Yeah. Mochi, Mimi, Mimi, and Otto, and Otto, which is hilarious because 
we were going to name the third one Matcha. Which was my suggestion. Was it? Yes. As Susie said, we're getting a third cat. What should we name it? And I said Matcha. And she said, that's really cute. It is cute. Thank you. I like that name. But she was dead set on naming it Otto because she wanted to name it after uh, Zach Scott's cat, the pineapple cat. You ever seen that video? No, I don't know. It's like, Otto's pineapple in the fridge, and he loves it. He goes in the fridge, and he closes the door on the cat. It's hilarious. <laughs> I think you found your solution to your mochi problem. Oh, put him in the fridge? <laughs> Susie's theory is he hates being picked up. So if he screams at me, I should pick him up, and then he'll start, like, Pavlovian uh, and be like, oh, I don't want to be picked up anymore. Oh. You um, could spray him with a little water bottle. I don't want to do that, though. When he was a kitty, we had a lot of people in his life that were, like, mean to him. So now he's, like, super skittish. Oh, yeah. No, you don't want to traumatize him. Exactly. So we were going to name the third one Matcha, and then Susie was like, no, it's Otto. And I was like, all right, I guess we won't keep the M thing. I guess I don't care that much about it. He developed a fucking M on his forehead. (laughs) There's, like, the clearest as day M on his fucking forehead. And I'm like... That could have been him for Matcha. Otto is that's, the perfect name for him. That's God that. laughing at you. He's a fat little cat. Peaches. Peaches, we'll each do three things that are cool, good, excited about, can be big, little, don't matter, three of them. I, I think you should start. I did not prepare these. My first peach is that I brought Audrey a cake pop before I came in here because I'm cool. Wait. I'm revising that. Audrey. Audrey is like all three of my peaches right now just because I got to see her over the weekend. We got to hang out. She's still in there. She's just the fucking... She loves you. Coolest. You got a big old hug when you came in today. Uh, and she didn't remember Aaron. She, yeah, no idea. It's tight as hell. I mean, the other thing is she knows Layton and I have been doing stuff for like a year and a half or whatever now. And so she's aware of who Layton is and Layton is referred to frequently. Well, it's funny because she remembered me when I was seeing her somewhat regularly. Yes. But now she doesn't remember me. Anything that happened more than six months ago is yeah. It didn't happen. First one is just Audrey, like, big <laughs> circle. You're very sweet to her, so mm-hmm. thank you for that. Of course, she's an incredible job. My second one is that I learned how to make Sims 4 custom content this week because mm. I've been obsessively playing The Sims, and now I'm making a bunch of Cyberpunk 2077 clothing in The Sims because I've lost yeah. my mind. Who's your... Scringus, is that your thing? What's oh, Scringus. Oh, yeah. I watched that stream. That was hilarious. Oh, thank you. Susie and I love that. Wow. I've been populating Scringus world. So it's me and Allie live in a house. I am married to Ghostface. She is married to Johnny Silverhand, who I lovingly recreated all of his tattoos and clothing. It's fine. I also have Xenomorph, who is the mm-hmm. house mother to a mansion of e-girls who are all competing. Mm-hmm. I just added Michael Myers and Leatherface, who are married and opened a restaurant together. What's Stream. it called? Bubba's. It's a diner. Oh, that's a good one. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, I love it. They live in a recreation of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house, but the inside's really nice. Well, that's wonderful. It's really sweet. I'm very happy for them. Anyway, I'll stream that soon, probably, because it's absolute hell in that save, and I have <laughs> seven gigabytes of mods for the Sims. Oh, wow. Jesus. Yeah. My third one's like, I don't know, we're in back in person. That's my cheat peach. Oh, cheat peach. I get to hang out with my friends for an extended period of time, and I'm oh. so sweaty. We, whenever we do a cheat peach on the show, we call them peaches. Oh. Yeah, that's a thing that we do. It's a good way to shorten it. Yep. I came up with that. Does it have a theme song? It does. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, my phone's being used for <laughs> Damn it. Thank you, God. Can All I borrow right. your phone? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'll go. My first one was going to be that we are back in person, which I'm very, very excited about. We haven't seen you in person for yeah, a year and a half. It's great. amazing to see you. It's so much fun. And it was a good excuse to like clean up this hellhole of a garage for a little bit and set up a little like 
chill guy, like Kang zone yeah. over here, you know? <laughs> yeah, if you like, want to be just like right in person next to you's airspace, this is the perfect yeah, chill guy nothing zone. Nothing says yeah. chill like being an inch away from a neon sign that you might <laughs> yeah. break if you touch. Yeah. So yeah, that was that. Number two is next week, I am going away by myself for a little one-man writing retreat. Oh. And I rented a little place uh, near Joshua Tree. Memoirs? No, this fucking smooth jazz album that I'm supposed to be finishing with Meowch. Nice. And I've just been putting it off. You know, there's always something else, some fire that needs to be put out. So I'm going to try to like close out the main writing portion of it. I've been working on it for like two years on and off, mostly off. So I'm excited. It's my first like trip away without the family since last March. And of course, you know, I don't love leaving Rachel and Audrey, but it'll be nice to have a dedicated time to procrastinate writing on this thing yes, and, yeah. and feel bad about it. Definitely putting yourself in a space where it's just like, this is the one thing that I'm doing is it's what our brains are meant to do. I think like we're just so yeah. like, go out and kill the animal, eat the animal, sleep <laughs> next day. Like, <laughs> Yeah. You know what? I have never done this before. With the exception of like with Roach and Twerp and Danny, we went down to Sonic Grand. Well, with you too, of course, yeah. to Starbomb. We did it for NSP also. That was like one task, but it's kind of not the same because there's so many people mm. and everyone has a different job and you get time off and blah, blah, blah. That doesn't feel like the same thing. I've never done anything like this. And I don't know if it's going to feel oppressive or it's going to feel like the kind of thing you're saying where it's like, okay, great, let's do it. So the trick will be being able to turn off the admin for a while, which is hard to do because then shit doesn't get done. But I'm trying yeah. to clean stuff off before I go. Maybe it'll show you the admin isn't, like maybe things will get done and then you'll be like, oh. You know what, dude? Yes, that would be incredible. Yeah. Because that is my big fear is that if I leave projects, they fall apart. Yeah. And it would be nice to know. I had the same thing. I was so worried about like going on vacation and being disconnected. And then like I did it once and then I came back and it was like, no, it's it's fine. And I was like, Uh oh, (laughs) so I can just do that now. That's great. (laughs) Generally, not too much shit's going to fall apart in a week or two. Yeah. Right. Uh, When you come back, the what's popping bit is no more. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I'm really trimming Um, the fat around here in this one week. I got plans. To be fair, though, I never really think of it as a bit. Think of it as an experience I give to (laughs) guests and the audience. So I think classifying it as a bit is tremendously dismissive of what I'm trying to create. Weren't you saying something positive about your life, yeah. you motherfucker? You come back from your retreat and Leighton's going to be like feral covered in blood <laughs> with like yeah. what's poppin' written on the, the wall The bottom half here. of the side is just broken with a hammer. <laughs> yeah. So it just says Leighton night. And then the neon uh, doesn't work anymore and yeah. I make you pay for it. My third peach is this Friday. I'm going out to dinner with a little man named Brent Lilly. Just the two of us. Wonderful. Eating outside at a steakhouse Love and... It. We used to have, we still sort of do, but we haven't been able to do it, tradition where like once a year with him and me and actually Danny, we have like a, the album just came out, let's celebrate, we'll go to a steakhouse and enjoy it. And we didn't do that when the last album came out for obvious reasons. This time it's just, it's not an NSP thing, it's just like getting together with a friend. Mm -hmm. But it's been a year and a half since I've got together for steaks and martinis with Brent and I'm really, really looking forward to it because you guys know Brent, he is just the best and he is such a weirdly fun curmudgeon that he combines the best parts about being cynical and being open-hearted at the same time. He makes you work for it. Legitimately one of my favorite people, and I'm excited to go on a little date with him. I do love Brent. Yep. He's a good boy. So those are my peaches. Aaron. 
Usually we email the guests and say you should have a pop culture Please. recommendation. Okay, Layton, I really don't want you to keep doing this bit because it's, <laughs> I think, again, it's putting Aaron in a weird spot. I've tried, I've said in the past, I don't really want to keep doing this bit. I'm a little upset that you, you've kind of dismissed my concerns over it. Mm-hmm. But I would prefer if we didn't do this, Brian didn't email the guests bit. Thank you. Please. I'm so glad that this is some people's first episode of this show. So now that I'm put on the spot and don't have anything pre-planned. <laughs> to be fair, we never contact the guests ahead of time to let them pre-plan. So don't feel bad. Yeah, sure. I believe you. So number one, I'm on new medication. Well, medication ever. That's the first time I've ever been on medication for ADHD. And it's been really helpful. So I've been getting a lot of things done. And I've been able to like relax a lot more and like read books and not have my brain explode and it's been great it's awesome Fuck yeah dude yeah i've been reading books about urban planning as you mentioned earlier oh yeah which we didn't even get, get you to better really talk text about. me book recommendations <laughs> no. now yeah there's some good ones okay my second page i lost a bunch of weight recently that was nice oh, yeah nice. did you put on a bunch over the pandemic no i lost it you lost it yeah fuck yeah the problem is so when I go to the office and I'm out and I'm like, it's hard to regimen and have like, yeah, yeah. this is what I eat every day. But if I'm at home all day, then this is what I eat every day. I don't stray and it's easy. So yeah, I lost a bunch of weight and it was great. That's awesome. So Sorry. You look incredible. Thanks. You do. I. It's been a while. You so do. I didn't you know. You got a sharp jacket. Yeah. I, I, look at you. I love this jacket. This is actually too big on me now because I bought this when I was at my heaviest. So it's like really baggy now. Also, it looks like it's the most comfortable, like one of it those looks very pieces of clothing that is like stealth. Like this is really nice, but also I would sleep in it. It's super comfy. Well, yeah. One thing that has always impressed me about yeah, you yeah. is how you dress stylish but comfortably. You know yes, what I mean? You seem been. to be wearing clothes that fit very comfortably and not like baggy. Yeah. Just you always look comfortable in what you're wearing. And I like never feel comfortable. That's, that's the goal, man. That's the goal. <laughs> that was actually a struggle for a long time was figuring out like what's comfortable, especially when I was like really overweight. And it was like I wanted to wear certain clothes, but like I couldn't because I didn't fit. And, yeah. and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm 34, but it's like not really a 34. You know, so yeah. I had that going on foot with me. <laughs> But now, yeah, it's like I know what size I am and I know what I like. And comfiness is a big thing for me. If I can try on a jacket and then Susie's like, oh, my God, that looks awesome. And I'm like, I hate wearing it. I'm not yeah, going to yeah. get it. Yeah. Well, I definitely learned that. Like, if you hate wearing something, you just shouldn't buy it. Mm-hmm. You're never going to wear it. Yeah. That is so real for, like, people who wear high heels. It's like, oh, you're oh, so yeah. cute. I'm going to wear these. No, fuck you. Don't even just wear regular yeah. shoes. Well, here's another thing, too, is when I go out and I, like, get dressed up or whatever, it's so tempting to just be like, I'm just going to put on the fucking sweatpants and the t-shirt, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I discovered like, oh, if I make my actual wardrobe like in that category, then I can go out and look nice and still feel like oh, I just threw something on. Or yeah, whatever. totally. Yeah. So number three. So for the longest time, I've been trying to replay SNK versus Capcom Card Fighters Clash for the Neo Geo Pocket <laughs> Color. And I finally got one of those like little handheld emulation things Mm -hmm. and it came with it like because it was like from China or whatever. They don't care and they just put ROMs on it. I've been playing the shit out of it because it's so good. And that's my third peach. I had something like that relatively recently where we played the Super Mario Galaxy Switch port. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, I really want to play Galaxy 2, but it's not out yet. I haven't played it in years. And I just was looking in here and we had the Wii, which means that we took it from New Jersey to England, back to California. Couldn't use it in England because we didn't have the power controller for it. (laughs) So we carted this thing around the world for whatever, 10 years or something. Well, also it was a different signal. 
Yeah, also that. And we didn't have a TV in England because I don't watch TV. I just read books. Yeah, everyone says it's like a douchey thing to say, but like the older I get, I'm like, good. Like, don't. If it's your TV. vibe, great. Anyway, I found the Wii and I was like, oh, fuck, we still have the Wii. I, th- I legitimately thought we got rid of it here. And I was like, but we don't have any of the games. And I plugged it in. And there was a disc inside and it was Galaxy 2. Whoa. And I was like, oh. hell yes. Dude. So happy because I wasn't going to drop another 50 bucks. I would have, but it's so weird that shit like that happens. I have a similar story where when I was a kid, I was just getting interested in collecting video games. There was a commercial for Jet Set Radio that was on TV and it was wacky. And I was like, that's cool. And it just stayed in my mind. And then I was like on the internet one day and I saw like a cosplay picture of people cosplaying the entire cast of Jet Set Radio. And I was like, I really am interested in that. I would love to play that, but I don't have a Dreamcast. So I saved up. And I went to a pawn shop and got a Dreamcast. And my mom was driving me around because I couldn't drive. And I was like, can we go to Target? Because I think they still have Dreamcast games at Target. It was like just ending its life cycle. Mm. And so, yeah, we went to Target. And then in the Dreamcast section, the only game they had was Jet Set Radio. Nice. And I was like, oh my, wow. And how much fun did you have? Oh, dude, every day I played the (laughs) shit out of it. And then I got the second game, Bangayo, which is also awesome. So... It's weird how that happens. Or yeah. it's like, what a coincidence. Well, it means that God's a gamer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gene Park was tweeting about this, that they reclassified gamers something. They basically included mobile gamers in the category of gamers. Oh, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's and also like, wrong because gamers is simply a gender neutral term for a group of people. Thank you. Yes. All right, gamers, thank you so much for listening to this extremely <laughs> long episode. And thank you so much for being so generous with your time. Oh, was that yes, long? This, I don't know. I think it was normal length. It just felt longer because of all the tech setups and the bit I keep ask, kept asking you to stop doing, which you still won't stop doing. If you want to feel better, I did just say the word keeped. <laughs> Aaron. Yeah. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, man. You got it. Where can people find you on the internet? Where can they find me? YouTube.com slash Game Grumps. I'm on Twitter at Igor After. Oh, Shuffle Master. YouTube.com slash Shuffle Master. I stream sometimes. That's my fun thing. Yeah. Game Grumps is my job. And while fun. Definitely serious. It's still my job. But Shuffle Masters, I don't have to do it. So I just do it whenever I want. And it's really fun. I love that. You Sweet. get to see the trash cam in real time. Yeah. Go check out the trash cam on Shuffle Master. All right. Yeah. Everyone watching slash listening, um, as always, and... <laughs> For the first time in person. Oh, yeah, the first time in person. That's right. So Layden has a little catchphrase she invented <laughs> for the end of the show that uh, she has never said in person before. All right, everybody. Stay safe and come hard. That's the end of the episode. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. That's inherently antithetical. You can't stay safe and come hard. Yes, you can. Aaron. Well, I've never the, had pushback on the this. only way to come hard is all right. Well, no, no, please describe. No, no. If, there are a variety of ways. <laughs> Why are we doing this? I'm just saying good for you that you can stay safe and come hard. I think, you know, I got to do. It's fine. It's fine. We're done. You don't all have right. to talk about it. Anymore. We're going to take all those shirts back. Episode's over. <laughs> Late Night is produced by Brian Wecht, Leighton Gray and Jarek Centeno. Follow us on Twitter at Leighton Knight, on Instagram at Leighton underscore Knight, or email us at LeightonKnight at gmail.com. <laughs>